our life, we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our coworkers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, our weekly talk show is all about connections, the ones that we make and the ones that we miss. Most importantly, our own connection to ourselves. We know our guests will entice you, empower you, and uh, give us all things that are worth considering. I'm Cordray Dell, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, my favorite friend, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis, naturopathic doctor extraordinaire. <laughs> Hello, Gord. <laughs> I, lo- I love that you flatter me so much. I, I love the way you giggle when I do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are live. Uh, if you would like to join in on this conversation, uh, please do give us a call, 1-888-346-9141. And that's from anywhere in North America, toll free. I'd like to introduce a returning guest, Jennifer Drummond. She's a dynamic, humorous, and very astute teacher and facilitator with a specialty in diversity, inclusion, and equity training. Uh, Jennifer is the founder and president of Racial Lens. Racial Lens is a client-centered equity and inclusion consulting service with a twist. Uh, Racial Lens creates interactive safe spaces that focus on creating an emotional connection when learning and having difficult conversations about race. She's a graduate of York University in International Studies and a graduate of the Spiritual Psychotherapy Program at Transformational Arts College. Uh, She has an extensive background in the creation and implementation of children's programming, and she's been described as creative, innovative, articulate, and a fast thinker. Jennifer's work uh, seeks not to shame, to guilt, or to chastise anyone for the unconscious beliefs that so many of us hold about the races. Instead, she seeks to elevate through active discussions the inclusion of all in becoming anti-racial advocates. And on a fun note, this woman, not only does she think fast, she's a belly dancer and a great instructor at that. So that's called creating balance. Uh, uh, Jennifer is going to be having a small discovery group starting in the fall. Uh, You can get in touch with her at RacialLens, all one word, uh, RacialLens.com. Jennifer, welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Oh, it's great to have you here. Uh, It's great to see you. You know, I I know it's not real. It's just a little two by two on the screen of my computer, but it's it's nice to see you. (laughs) So Jennifer, you wrote racism, spirituality, and the chakras, three things that you don't normally see together very often. Yeah, that is for sure. How did you end up putting these things together in the first place? I think it's just a coalition of, my training from different sides. Like I think, you know, I've got stuff on coming from all sides and it just seemed to make sense to me in regards to how the chakras are going to be affected by understanding and developing, uh, uh, developing an understanding about racism and what's going on in the world. But also there's a spiritual aspect of it where that whole idea of being of service and learning more about yourself so that you can contribute more to your community. So that's kind of the basis of most spirituality is about contributing to your community is being of service, but also discovering the truth about your authentic self with truth. So 
when people got discovered that racism was so as bad as it is and it's just been more highlighted throughout the year since we were last here with all the discoveries of the mass graves at residential schools yeah yeah um so you know it has to be brought in together as uh, in a in a positive way because a lot of the times a lot of uh racism that is experienced has been within re- religious organizations um and but we want to make it a positive way because everyone has a right to be spiritual and to connect to a greater power than themselves oh, yeah. and their community so that's why i liked bringing them all together right. yeah yeah this last year i mean we started off before the year even began with black lives matters yeah and then the whole thing due to a certain ignorant person in the south of <laughs> of the, the the whole asian discrimination yeah asian and now we're at the indigenous um, yeah. i mean it's really you know i think covid's been quite amazing in what it's been able to like push it up to the surface or get it up higher you know well absolutely and, and jennifer part of what i think you're you're touching on which i i feel is probably very powerful and very healing potentially mm-hmm. is this awareness of where the stuckness is, where the blocks yeah. are. Because, you know, my understanding of the chakras is also being able to to work with those, you know, constructs that we've created from the yeah. personality or the ego or whatever it is, and how to bring it into the upper chakras around forgiveness and heart opening. And I, and I think that this is a really wonderful way to also incorporate something that's very holistic because you're not mm-hmm. just going to the narrative you're also it sounds like you're also bringing in an awareness to the physical body absolutely and once people bring the physical into the mental and then the emotional things start to blend together much more and they make more sense to mm-hmm. most people um and and then you especially when you can start um reading the cues of your body when you get triggered and yeah. when you can do that, then you can be a much more effective uh, ally and anti-racist because you're not going to center it on yourself because you're reacting. You're having a knee-jerk reaction to something that you're hearing. You're able to take yourself out of it when you feel your body being uncomfortable and then sit with that and then step forward Um, because I think a lot of what sometimes a lot of the hurt that happens around people trying to learn um, and some of the hurt that happens to people who are considered um, diverse is that people try to say stuff and and it they don't realize it's hurtful (laughs) Um, right well right they don't realize it's hurtful yeah, and, and I think that there's a fine line here around also responsibility in yes. terms of accountability because we yes. all have a various perceptions. Yes. And and when when we're reacting, like that's where I think there's so much burnout that happens when people mm-hmm. are going into advocation of anti-racism and they 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 put so much into it because they're emotionally charged. Yeah. And they're they're kind of that emotional charge means that they're very, very attached to the outcome. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 I don't mean a sense of, but it's that it's that aspect of cultivating that ability to be able to still be an effective advocate, to be powerful, to be you know use conscious speech, yeah. use a groundedness rather than coming from an emotional charge, and 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 you know because because Gord might say something to me or you might that I think oh my god that was really hurtful, but yeah. when when we have so much reactivity. I have to take responsibility also for how I feel. Yeah. Right? You do. I know there's a I know there's a gray also area. there's the other side of it where um yeah, there's definitely reactivity. And there's that aspect of people are talking about calling people out and calling people in. I prefer to call people in where I bring them to the side and say, "Look, what you just said to me yeah. hurt my feelings and was actually racist. And right. I can tell you why it was racist yeah. um, or how that came across to me. Um, and just to put that on a note, when someone who know, even someone who knows you very well, if they're calling you out or calling you in, more than likely you've probably said a number of things and this is just the one that, that <laughs> they had to step up and say it. Because um, for the most part, people of color don't want to rock the boat because we get gaslit so well. Of course, of course. Um, and absolutely, I'm not I'm not dismissing bad so, behavior by any means. No, no, no. It just no, goes I know. into the, the spiritual aspect because I think that that's kind of, it seems that what you want to work with is, is how to develop that consciousness. Absolutely. And how to develop it and how to understand it and even recognize it in yourself. Right, when right. you do stuff that is unconscious. So, and then how to be able to take the feedback that you're getting right. from somebody who is being very vulnerable and traditionally has been foo-fooed on for trying to do something like this. Yeah. So it's that really understanding that connection between the two human beings in an equal way. Oopsie doodle. <laughs> I just it almost pulled out my camera. headphones. <laughs> um, and so you know, oopsie do. <laughs> I know I'm I am a 90-year-old woman with my <laughs> we love the lived experience. I like that. Oopsie doodle. Cooking I don't think I've gas. ever heard that one before. I wrote it down. <laughs> you wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, like, you know, you're 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 absolutely right around the courage it takes for someone to actually go and say to another person what you said was very hurtful. And I think yeah. that you know, all too, all too often, even if if it's something that's not racially, um, you know, um, rooted, but many people get very defensive right away. Yeah, right. And so the courage mm. to actually be able to say what you need to say and know that this person may have a reaction and I still can hold my ground here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For the people of color. But the big thing that I, I don't know how to explain this. So for kids of color, in particular, black kids, We are trained from a young age that to keep ourselves safe, you don't rock the boat too much. Yeah. 
Right. Because traditionally in the school system, it's the black kid that's going to be scapegoated no matter what happens. It's, and that's because of unconscious bias and the existence of white supremacy and white, um, pr- white, white supremacy and uh, white culture. Oh, privilege. Thank you. No, not <clears throat> privilege. Sorry. Just having a brain fart. Um, okay. <laughs> um, okay. and yeah, I have brain farts sometimes, but yeah, the white supremacist system uh, is set up that they, there have to be different kinds of, there are scapegoats involved. And if you're not white, that's the one that's who's yeah. going to be scapegoated the most. Yeah. And I know that that happened to me throughout my, throughout school and, and funnily enough, it doesn't get better in the workplace. Um, so, yeah. you know, I had, I worked at a place where the work that I did was a lot (laughs) and it created a lot, but the work environment was very toxic and I would have microaggressions coming at me all the time. Oh, we're not ready to share this with the public yet. And I'm like, what? I created this program. I'm not the public. I've hired everybody. I created the curriculum. (laughs) You know, I set up all the focus groups. I'm the one who talks to parents. I created the pro, pro, you know, the everything that goes to this program. But being said, we're not ready to share this with the public yet. So I can't see it because I'm not the director or the CEO. So for me, that wasn't even a microaggression. That was a no, full, that's flat out aggression. That's, that's flat out aggression. aggression. <laughs> yeah, that's full out aggression. Yeah. And and uh, but when I called them out, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, oh for so, sure. And that's I the think... gaslighting, right? So that's what I want to get everyone by. Is like you know I want to develop people up so that they can receive information and uh, and address it in a more calm and balanced way. That is. Um, more honoring to the process and more helpful to the process because deflecting is just, it's just not being able to see what the truth is and wanting to accept the truth Um, because the truth is not as pretty as we were told (laughs) in school, right? Do you you find also that this is, more prevalent in most of the cultures and countries where there's been such a huge, you know, colonization, like the countries that are more colonized. Obviously, if I was living in Japan or some a country in Africa, it would be very different. But in terms of North America, for me, I'm saying, but in mm-hmm. terms of living where I live, I'm, I am a white person, European descent, and there's privilege. And there's yeah. these unconscious biases that I know I'm not aware of. Yeah. So, so this this part is is really interesting to me where we kind of forget what race is and what culture is. We really go into, yeah. you know, oh, this is a different race, which different countries in the world, Cuba, Brazil, for example, have, you know, um, um, Puerto Rico, lots of different skin colors that are there. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I mean, I'm speaking from friends of mine who visited, one of whom is a black uh, person who visited Puerto Rico. And she was like, oh, my God, it's so easy here. 
Yeah. So it's so easy. Trinidad is yeah. really very amazing you know? that way. She's like, yeah. there's there's everybody's dancing with everybody. There's not yeah. any sense of so it's it's really quite fascinating to me around mm-hmm. why yeah. those countries and I again I don't know. I'm sure the racism still exists. Absolutely. Yeah. The racism definitely exists. It's not as acute, um, but it definitely exists and that and exists mainly because of colonization and because white supremacy has been full been put out throughout the the world, right? Because of colonization. So it's been set up in regards to that aspect that still who has the most power and who you um, who is seen as the leaders are still white or lighter or lighter. Right. (laughs) And that's, that's that whole colorism aspect of it. Right. Where a person of my complexion is more palatable (laughs) to a white white audience because I'm not too but black. I've I've heard you know uh, people uh, you know who people color who are black you know like oh this one's too black and this one's way too white She's yeah way too light to even be black and I'm like what and you that's know? all based in white supremacy right yeah yeah in, totally. in, regards, totally. in regards to a kind of way that you try and either build yourself up or try and understand why things are being treat why you're being treated so differently from other people and the reality is that really really dark people have been the most marginalized and the most demonized so the darker you are the more demonized you are so and and it's quite true that quite a lot of people who were dark wouldn't get um jobs Mm -hmm. uh and you know then we're not even talking about the hair like, right? <laughs> Love your hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> on that note, we're going to go to a commercial break <laughs> and we'll be back in two minutes time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. 
Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with uh, Jennifer Drummond, and we are discussing racism, spirituality, and the chakras in one sentence. Um, so we were actually talking about language and, and you know, sort of almost like uh, racism within races, you know, uh, yeah. in terms of color variation and so on. One of the things you've, you've said is that we, we have a lot of language and words and phrases that, in fact, um, confuse or scare people. And, and at times they can even create denial of racism. Can you give yeah. us examples of that kind of stuff in our language? Um, English, well, obviously, we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> en français? <laughs> tu veux en français, non? <laughs> oh, oui, oui. Oui. Ok. Um, so, white, like, un petit peu. Okay. <laughs> I'll finish with, I'll continue with French, uh, with English, rather. With English, that's uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, things like white supremacy, right? That one always freaks people out. And, yep. uh, and the main thing is, and even sometimes for me, I, I see, uh, like white sheets with holes in it. Yeah, me too. Me too. KKK. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Like the KKK or that's stuff right. like that. But that's those are white supremacists. <laughs> People okay. who are fighting to keep right. white supremacy alive. Okay. Right? They're trying to keep their power. Right. Right? But white supremacy is a system that has okay. been nurtured for hundreds and hundreds of years. But because you get that knee-jerk reaction of seeing the KKK, right? Or, you know, Trumpets. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> like and, the Rockets? Uh, the Trumpets, yeah. Trumpets, no, they, you know, they carry yeah, Confederate flags and hit cops over the head with poles. Um, anyway, um, so, that you know, happen. but when we have white supremacy, that's how the system has been set up so that people who have white skin, right, are going to be seen as better. And part of that was set up so that um, coloni- people who are colonizing can feel better about how they were actually treating people who weren't white, right? To do some of those major atrocities that happened during the slave trade, during the discovery of the Americas, um, you know, what happened uh, in the name of conquering had to be that you, they had to come to some kind of rationalization of why that is and why they can do that. And part of that was that whole three-fifths person Right. right. Blacks were considered three, three fifths of a person. Um, And there's also a psychological 
psychological yeah. game that, for instance, Hitler played yep. out by demonizing Jews, uh, homosexuals, mm -hmm. uh, the Roma, the, the gypsies. Blacks. The Roma, uh, the, yeah. Yeah, the Roma. Uh, it made them less than. They were subhuman. Yeah. And so yeah. to hurt them, then it didn't matter because they weren't human anyways. Exactly. Yeah. They don't have the same emotions. They don't right. have the same feelings. They don't have, they're not capable of having the same connections. Their brains are not mm -hmm. available developed or enough. Uh, developed enough developed, to yeah. grasp concepts. Yeah. Uh, they can't make things uh, work for them and so on and so forth. So it's that aspect of control Right. So it's definitely like white supremacy is definitely a control thing. So, that, so Jennifer, yeah. can I interrupt you for a sec around just sure. bringing this back now to the chakras? Yes. With the chakras around this arrogance that's pervasive, right? It's such an arrogance mm -hmm. to assume that, you know, another human being uh, is not as valuable as mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. um, and so where where is that in the chakras? And, the, you know, you around the, there's the three that you're focusing on, right? Oh, no. Or all of them? All of them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. It can definitely affect all of them. The one that's happening right now is definitely the one that's being shaken the most, I think, especially over last summer um, with the murder of George Floyd and everything that's happened in between is the root chakra. chakra I think yeah. people are really feeling unsteady because everything that they thought they knew about their root and their connection is based on a fallacy. Because the right? root is the root chakra is all based on survival. All based on survival. Yeah. So a lot of the times what you see, what I, what I always feel is why people are holding on to white supremacy so hard and, and denying racism is because it's that fear of change mm -hmm. and also that fear of losing power. Right. 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 And when you lose power, you lose control. Mm -hmm. And so that means you have to change. Mm -hmm. And yeah. fear of change is the only constant in life, but also one of the biggest things that all hum most human beings try to avoid. Right. Hence why yeah. most change happens out of necessity, uh, health issues, right. uh, something major happening. Uh, right. and their brain shifting and their emotions shifting, right? Um, so that's what, so that's, it's really unsteady um, for yeah, people yeah. who so, are really yeah. taking a look in. So it's really hard to feel steady. One yeah, of, and then when the people are- One of the primary phrases oh. is, I don't have. I don't yeah. have enough. I don't have. That's the sort of, if you could pull a phrase to, to, to simulate the negative aspect of that chakra, it's I don't yeah. have. Yeah, exactly. There's not enough love. There's not enough money. There's not enough stability. There's not enough jobs. You know, yeah. It's about, I don't have. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's all about that scarcity thinking. Yeah. Right. Because if I give these things, these rights to all these other people, right. What do I have? What do I have? What, yeah. what am I going to lose? Right. That's like the big thing about, and, and usually it's nothing. It's going to actually gain for everybody oh, sure. for the most part right except for you know people going to space 
And, uh, and that's all I'm going to say. In a big yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But could it look more like anyway? Right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know. Can just make a whole bunch <clears throat> of jokes about that. Right. What were you going to say, Alexia? Well, what I was going to say is uh, just around the uh, going back to the root chakra. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer, are you seeing or experiencing yourself because obviously you're a person of color? Mm-hmm. And in terms of that shifting for, and whether you you don't need to answer it because it's relatively personal, but a sense of feeling, you know, um, more armored or less armored, or I don't know if that's the right word, because when you said how little children who are typically, in particular, black children who who grow up believing and feeling that I can't, I can't make much noise. I can't stand out or whatever that that's there. Right. Don't yeah. make a fuss. Keep, keep, you know, it all. Okay. So do you see that shifting as well in your sense of awareness? Um, for me, myself. Yeah. For yourself or what you, maybe what you um, maybe predict or what you foresee in terms of, again, the energetic and the, the, the how this correlates with the chakras. Yeah. And I, um, for myself, I mean, I've been fighting this, this for a while. So as Gord can tell you, I'm loud, right? I've embraced <laughs> that I'm loud. There's just, it's not going to, it's not going to stop, especially when I laugh, right? It's just, and that's just part of me. And I had to slow, I've slowly been dealing with that all of my life where I've tried to embrace it, but I do, I have in different situations, um, stopped myself from talking and said, okay, I'm done now. I'm done. Right. Cause it's, you don't want to take up space. Right. Mm. Cause you've been told not to take up space. Take up space. Yeah. Right. Because someone else wants to do something. And then what happens usually quite often with some, sometimes when I say certain things, someone will say it again. And then unfortunately that person usually gets the credit for the idea I had. <laughs> in like say in a meeting but for the root chakra it coming to that understanding and to be honest having racism be on the lips of most people over the last year and a half has been great for me and my root chakra because it's <laughs> something I've always believed I've always known sure but have been told not to know it and that it right. doesn't exist and to foo-foo it away. So now to actually know that this is something that I've been experiencing all my life and I'm being given not validity, but, you know, a little bit of understanding where it's being accepted at by the larger society that this is actually something that exists, right? And Absolutely. That, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So there's things like that, you know, um, yeah, because so I, I keep the- thinking that if people are going to shift in terms of their sense of power, and especially, I hope that people of color, you know, of all races, will actually s- start to feel that they can feel safe. But I don't know yeah. if that's, you know. I, d- I personally don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. No, I, I agree. I understand. <laughs> yeah. um, but I that agree. doesn't mean I'm not going to do as much as I can yeah. in my lifetime to change it so that further generations can live where they do feel safe to be themselves and to be authentic, to bring their authentic selves to any situation they live in. Either, you know, with BIPOC people being in a largely white 
colonized environment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also with white people interacting with BIPOC individuals and not feeling, oh, I'm going to say something wrong and it's going to be bad, but mm-hmm. to be able to get to that point where they have some skill in regards to interacting um, and word, without, but- without that, that subconscious, unconscious bias behind it and being able to relate to people much more on a human-to-human basis. Can you explain, it's a sort of a new word that's emerged, BIPOC? BIPOC. So it's Black, Indigenous, people of color. Okay. Okay. So it includes Asians, obviously, then. Yeah. Because that's not really in there formally, but it, you know, I, I, I know it's inferred. Yeah, it's inferred anybody who ha- is brown or other than or other. white. <laughs> yeah. Or other, okay. yeah, pretty much, other than white. And in particular, people with pigment in their skins, because they're the easiest to identify yeah. as being other. Yeah. So, and the reason why it's, why Black and Indigenous have their own category is because those are the two um, groups who have been discriminated against the most in North America. Do you think that that is different now with, because, you know, we know that the Japanese with the war, World War II, the encampment, and also, you know, now what's happened with all the violence against Asians that was popping up in Vancouver um, and other places as well. But I remember reading about Vancouver in particular, Mm -hmm. because that in itself seems that why aren't they included but I guess it's just that it's saying that the blacks and indigenous are the most. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's all it is. It's everything's intersectional, okay. right? Yeah. You want to work with intersectional stuff. So even like feminist issues and taking sure. down the, pa- the patriarchy and misogyny and stuff like that. And then also with the LGBTQ two spirit uh, community. Right. We want to definitely make sure that everyone's getting their rights. I mean, like so for in the United States, the LGBTQ2 plus community got the right to marry by the 14th Amendment, which was supposed to be set up to give civil rights to blacks. Mm -hmm. So they were able to use that law. Uh, Interesting. Something. Right. And that's where. And so. So it's definitely intersection, right? And well, tell you how it came about in Canada was because we don't have a constitution with like an amendment like that. It was yeah. because of using the Catholic Church bans. Yeah. And so they said you can't get married but with a license, but nobody said anything about you couldn't do bans, which is where you have to have, you know, uh, Gordon and Alexia are getting married next Sunday. And they have to yeah. stay three weeks in a row and if there's no no problem, they, the marriage goes ahead. Yeah, and that's exactly how it happened. And once that happened once, it went right across the country. And it exactly. Okay. So and it's like and that whole understanding that some two two people getting married who love each other, no matter who they are, they could be yeah. blue and orange. Yes, right? exactly. Not two colors that really go together, but who cares? They're happy. <laughs> well, they're yeah. It doesn't exactly. bother you. So why why are you worried about it? Well, right. it's it's almost as if the spiritual aspect that the the um, this whole, you know, the, in terms of BIPOC, and mm-hmm. all the other intersectional communities that you're saying are part of it, is that they actually, I think, generally speaking, are people that ha- are becoming much more conscious, much more yes. aware, and I actually think that's always been 
personally, I'm biased, but anyone I've met of a you know other than white and generally I'm the generalizing of course is that they have such a deeper awareness about yeah. humanity and about kindness much more so than the general average white Jane and Joe out there right yeah and it's because we've experienced hardship yeah. right from a young age right we've known what it's like to not have so you're becoming right? the teachers and the leaders. Yeah, in many ways. And, it's, and it's interesting because, I don't know, probably about a decade or so ago when I was working with um, the after-school program I created and I connected quite a bit with the YMCA and they had a program that was similar but different with the younger kids. So we worked together quite often. It was nice working in collaboration with the YMCA. And they, because they had such a huge thing, they, a huge uh, contingent they did a, they did um, a report and a study on resilience in children, and what they found, which is like what you said and what I knew, they were like they were floored, they were surprised at how resilient children of color were, and it's like well because they've already dealt with this exactly. stuff throughout exactly. their lives, right? You know, like one right. of my first memories is of racism. Right? It's just. It's, it's just, you know, if you've got a pigment of color in your skin, you were going to have, you're going to face racism, whether or not, you know, and there's lots of people out there who are of color and BIPOC who say, oh, I've never experienced racism, right? And I always call BS on that because maybe you just didn't recognize it or you are under, you, you, that's how you've always been treated. And so you think that's the, the way to be treated. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's to shift all of that around for everybody. And the whole idea is so that people can meet authentically together and then we can really shift stuff. That's well, my view. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so authentically, we need to move to commercials uh, yep. with the end of the segment. So we'll be back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley 
as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. We're here with uh, Jennifer Drummond, and uh, we're talking about her specialty area of inclusion, racism, and spirituality. Uh, you know, one of the things you're talking about was about the, you know, the black kid who, you know, stands out, tries to fit in, you know, the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, with, with gay children, it's very, very similar, except... Their, what their hope is, is not to be seen as being yeah. gay. So absolutely, you know, they're very similar. They're very, very similar. They're both, they're both knowing that there is prejudice, that there's bias, uh, possibly a price to pay for that, you know, yeah. getting beat up or, or, or bullied or whatever. Um, but it's, it's the kids, you know, with the, it's now actually, they've just changed this. It's the, it's two S in honor of the indigenous okay. being here first. So it's now yeah. 2 LGBTQI. Oh, so that, go- oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. They yeah, moved it to you. the front. Yeah, yeah. It that just, makes way more sense to me. I know, Sorry. I know. <laughs> uh, I know, it does actually. Uh, that's very, very recent that this, that just happened. Uh, but it, yeah, it's to have that, that, you know, uh, uh, you know, black kids are going to be black. They're going to be seen. The gay kid is in the same position, but it's like, God, I hope they don't see this. Yeah, that secret, the shame that goes with that, you know. Oh, yeah. And the same the same thing that happened with um, like when the Jewish people came over. Right. A lot of people Angusized their names. Exactly. Right. Oh, they they try and hide their religion. You know, that wasn't just that wasn't just Judaic. That was that was a lot of countries. Everybody, Everybody. a lot of immigrants, you know, Greeks. That was a big thing in in, Greeks, uh, Portuguese, Italian. Exactly. My, my uh, grandfather changed our name, so yeah, yeah, and we yeah. were from the British Isles, except it was yeah. Gaelic. But the visibility is, <laughs> but it was Gaelic, yeah. right? Even Gaelic was other, right? Other, right? right. The Welsh, yes, right? Uh, other, yeah. other, yes. the Irish, yeah, oh, yeah. other, the Irish, right? yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And so there were always considered I. There was always considered the other, right? As things went further. And as uh, people started more and more becoming like the leaders. Right. right. Yes. Right. And that Absolutely. wasn't just English, the English world. Like if you look at the Philippines, for instance, with Spanish, you know, everyone there is, you know, named Maria or Paolo or, you know, they, they've taken yeah. on Spanish names uh, yeah. over top of their Filipino uh, language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's true, not just of English, which is, you know, certainly the colonizer we're the most familiar with, 
but yeah. but with the Spanish world, which was a huge colonizer also. Exactly. Well, and it was it was clearly an attempted genocide, no question, right? This yeah. is what's been happening. So, you know, Jennifer, with your work around this consciousness and spirituality and the chakras mm-hmm. and and being able to, I mean, it's huge in terms of someone having the awareness of first of all acknowledging their own pain and the ancestral pain. Yes. And then also is trying to shift that into empowerment and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And this and then also conscious speech, right? Having a real sense of bingo conscious speech. <laughs> yeah. The throat is a really big one. And so is solar plexus. Like all mm. of them work really well. I mean, the heart as well. Of course, yes. the heart is a huge one. Um, but the throat and being able to voice the right. difference and voice um, what, what, what you want and what you need as an individual and it being heard, right, by yeah. other people um, and accepted for what it is, Right. And then the solar plexus is that whole, um, and this one's a really big one for um, systemic racism, and that's the bullying and the power plays, Mm. as well as that whole victim-martyr switching that happens. Give me an example. Can you give us an example of that, victim-martyr? Yeah. So I had someone who was talking, oh, I don't really see you as a Black person, right? You're just normal. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and, I, what? and I was like, hmm. <laughs> I'm going, so I go, you know, that wasn't so cool, right? Because I am a Black woman, and those are my experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I am normal. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> right? I am normal. I am my normal. Yeah. And then, oh, no. No, you took it the wrong way. Oh my God. No, I didn't mean that you're being way too sensitive. I... Oh my God. I feel attacked. I don't, I mean, oh my God. I've seen it all. Wow. Very that, dismissive. That, hey, very dismissive. Oh, and it just switches where they become the victim. Right, the victim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the martyr at the uh, same yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> what a so fantastic combination. <laughs> yeah. The victim martyr. Wow. Yeah, so that leads to like insane amounts of gaslighting. For sure, for sure. <laughs> right? I can, I, that's a great example. Yeah. Right. So in Canada in particular, it's different. Like in the United States, it's in your face, right? For the most part. In Canada, it's not because we have this whole thing. Um, and part of it is just people not knowing their history either. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're very so polite, most, you know. Uh, very polite. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, very polite. Very yeah. polite. Yeah, until you turn around and go the other way. (laughs) Then not so polite. (laughs) So there's this kind of uh, that it's that whole idea of being polite and being tolerant. Tolerant. Oh, I can't stand that word. I hate that word. I do not want to be tolerated. I want to be understood and accepted. Um, But everyone said, oh, well, it's so tolerant. And it's like, yeah, that just means putting up. Oh, I was going to swear. Putting up with. No, putting, no, up putting up with somebody, somebody else's, else's shit. shit. It's putting yeah. up with someone else's shit. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I think. It's putting up with someone else's shit and knowing what you're not supposed to say. Exactly. Right? Um, but the belief is still there. <laughs> right? So that's harder to fight against because the belief is still there, but no one actually says anything to your face. 
Right. Or yeah. what so, is said is a microaggression and it's tiny and small. So Jennifer, I'm curious, because I know you're going to be doing a, a session, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, can you talk a little bit about the spiritual aspect of transcending? Because this is a dangerous, slippery place, right? A lot of people can go, oh, I'm so detached, or let's rise above, or I'll have my vibration here, and then I'm not going to... So how, how would you work with that? What the would bypass. you say about this? But on both sides, you know, the, both the sides. bypassing, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. does happen on both sides, definitely. Um and the bypassing is that's kind of where people have to, I think people go there to feel safe and that they don't like conflict. But what I've also found is that people who bypass usually crash really hard. Yeah. Um, eventually. Mm, interesting. Interesting. And what my thing is, is if you work on this stuff, that's the guttural dirty stuff and you work through that, you're going to be able to stay connected to the earth and stay grounded as well as being able to ascend and being able to catch yourself saying things that, you know, you're not, you know, not so much that you're not supposed to say them, but if you, they are going to hurt other people. Right. So it's not so much that you can't say something. You can say it. You're human, right? You got a voice, say it. It's not that you can't say it. It's that it's going to hurt somebody else. Right. Right. So that's that whole other, that's that whole thing about um, like the N word. Right. I hate the N word. I don't like using it. I don't like hearing it because it hurts my soul. Right. Right. Sure. I've used a lot of music right now. It sure. And part of that is that whole, like in your face face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah. can't use it, but I can use it. And part of it is about that taking it back as well, right? Like indigenous people, they don't, they want others to call them indigenous, but to themselves, they'll call it, hey, native, hey, Indian, how you doing? Hey, Indian, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? well, and that's a fun, and that's a, that's a, was, was that the LGBTQ, the Q was queer, and it yeah. was to take that word back. You know, yeah. and actually own it, and it's like that's their that community's word. Exactly. Yeah, that's your word. You're taking it back. That's right. Um, but um, you know, I've had conversations where just in a, a cafe talking to somebody who came in, we we're talking about it, and she kept insisting on using that word. She was a white, young white girl. And she kept on insisting on using that word in its right context, in its original context. Uh And I said to her, you know, I understand exactly what you're trying to say here, but that word makes me do this. It makes me tense. It makes me feel unsafe. I do not like it. Could you please just use another word? I thought I was being polite. And then she started arguing about embracing the word and taking it back and stuff like that. And I'm going, well, I'm the black person. I don't have exactly. to want to embrace it. So could you, you maybe, well, it, could, you, yeah. Yeah, could you maybe use another word? And she started arguing with me. Luckily enough, my friend who owned the cafe was indigenous and she just said, get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need that, right? Sometimes yeah. it has to be an end of, you know, the, the verbal power you know, game 
yeah. and, and dropping out of it, out of the narrative and just putting an end to the engagement. And yeah. I really like your example of, of what you're doing to teach people of how to stay very grounded yes. through the chakras that connected so that they can actually communicate and speak yeah. in a way that's very clear and yeah. very empowered and very authentic, right? Yes. And, that's and then the you can see s- someone else's reactivity and you don't take the bait, as Pema Chodron often refers to, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly bait. what it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. don't take the bait. Take that hook and reel yeah. it in. Don't take know? it. People love to do that. Love yeah, that. and yeah, even though people give you the bait and you, you can choose to take it or not, it still can hurt totally. quite a bit. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. The being yeah, baited. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want people to learn how to not to take the bait, but also not to put the bait on the hook. Right. In the first place. Right. <laughs> you know, we talked about this last Being week. conscious actually. of that. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, Maria, cool. About, With Maria. About uh, the, the whole thing of, it is a form of communication between two people, though. It is. You know, as I was talking about a friend's uh, parents who he would bait her and she would take yeah. the bait and then, bah, 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 you know, uh, on and on. And, and, you know, it would be like, oh my God, they're fighting. And it's like, no, actually, they're communicating because that's how yeah. they get into each other's face, kind of thing. So yeah. it's also understanding that as a form of communication. Yeah. yeah. Not the so, healthiest, but it is. Not the healthiest. Yeah. Well, and it, it is, when it's very common. Yeah. It is. Very, and, it, and it goes, no, don't worry. It's, it's that sense of, again, cultivating a very um, powerful sense of awareness. Yeah. And, and then that's when I do believe what you were saying is that how do you notice yourself and you take responsibility and you also yeah. don't put up with someone else's bad behavior. Yeah. You don't just accept yeah. it, right? Yeah. You don't just accept it. You try and curtail it. And it doesn't mean that you cut people out of your life. I don't think, you know, you, you, sh- you have to really make sure you want to cut somebody out of your life. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it's somebody you love. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So next next week, next Wednesday, you're doing a workshop, a three hour workshop yeah. um, on exactly what we're talking about, racism and spirituality and the chakras uh, and a chance for people to, you know, poke at some of the structures and the language and uh, all of our unconscious racism. So Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be yeah. by Zoom. Uh, <laughs> registration is going to be necessary. It can be registered at transformationalarts.ca. Um, and you can do everything on the website to to sign up for that. Um, now we have the actually the summer series at the college is running until the first of September. That's me. I'm the last guy. I'm the last guy up. September first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are having uh, here at Things Worth Considering. We're interviewing everyone the Wednesday before their workshop on the or the Thursday before their Wednesday workshop. So. Uh, you can go to, again, transformationalarts.ca, and you can see who's upcoming. Um, next week, on August the 5th at 8 p.m., here at Things Worth Considering, we will be chatting with author and teacher Tiffany Lasik, who's just a, a fabulous teacher. Uh, she's great. Very fun to work. And she's going to be talking about psychopomps, and that's quite a fascinating area. Cool. So, very cool. Then, Jen, thank you so much. And this is Gordon. Thanks, Ellen, Jennifer. Thank Deuces. you for having me. Things worth considering. Have a great week. And we'll be back here next week at 8 p.m. on Thursday. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time 
at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 